so last week we spoke on the love that forgets sins. And today the topic is love that conquers death. And before we go into this, I want to know, I want everybody in here to know just how personal of a topic this is. Not to like take this topic, like yes, this is for the whole church, but this is for you. This is for you personally, that Jesus conquered death. And I know sometimes it's hard to think, like, what does that really mean? So that's what we're going to dive into. And I've said this before. Today is more of a teaching than a preaching, if that makes sense. So we're going to go through a lot of scripture because I don't want to tell you guys what I have to say on this topic. So we're going to see what scripture has to say on this topic. And uh, we're going to start with one that everybody in here has probably heard multiple times, at least once, if you've been within 30 feet of a church. Someone's probably told you the scripture. So, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And it's very easy to see this as like the broad picture of like Jesus sacrificed for everybody but sometimes it's much harder to take this very very personal and know that for God so loved and then you put your name here for God so loved you that he gave his only son so that you could have eternal life and to know that Jesus's sacrifice fully and completely conquered death and we're going to jump into what that really means um, the first way that I see that uh, Jesus' sacrifice conquered death is the physical form of death so if you go to the, to the next slide Jesus conquered death in the physical form Revelation chapter 1 verse 17 and 18. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. This is Jesus talking. He said, Victory is already won. When I died, I took care of all of that stuff that you don't have to worry about, death or hell, that I have taken care of that for you and that victory is already won. So the first thing that he wants you to know is that there is no fear in that. Jesus beat the physical form of death. If you'll go one more slide over, we see here in John chapter 11, verses 38 through 44. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, 
Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. How crazy would it be to be one of the people that were just standing there? And like you knew, because you had been there the whole time, that this guy was definitely dead. That he had been in there for at least four days and that he was definitely dead. Um, And I want to point out the very first thing that this says is that Jesus was moved with compassion. Jesus was not moved by, hmm, I want to show off. Or he was not moved by, this will bring glory to me. He was pointing everything back to the Father. So, I love when he's praying, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. Everything Jesus was doing, he was pointing back to the Father. And this is one of the craziest things that I didn't hear a lot in church growing up as a kid. But um, John 14, 12 through 14, we don't have that on the slide, but that's where Jesus was talking about all of these things that I have done, you can do greater things than this. And I've never, like, that scripture was never really presented to me for the truth that it is. As that, like, everything that we see Jesus do, we can do those things as well. And it's absolutely crazy to think that. And um, I love it so much that we're called to do these things as well. Because Jesus didn't just beat death for himself. He beat death for all of us that we have the exact same authority over it that he had. And um, I used to teach a high school class at this other church. And some of you have probably heard this story. But we, we were talking about this passage one day where Jesus said, all of the things, <laughs> all of the things that he did, we can do greater things. And... Uh, I was talking to everybody in the class and I was telling them that it's okay to dream big, that I want you guys to dream big. So I'm telling you guys the exact same thing. Dream big. Do not settle for small dreams because then you are settling for a small God. Dream big. Um, So I told the kids, before I die, whether it's me or someone near me, I'm going to see somebody walk on water because Jesus did it so we can do it. And I believe Jesus will honor that prayer. So it doesn't have to be me. I just want to see somebody walk on water. So uh, us in the Outward team, we were on tour last, like two years ago. And we were in Cape May, New Jersey. And it was like pitch black. We're standing by the ocean. It was a really cool night. We're all just standing out there. It was high tide. Water was just hitting our feet. And we're all just, just standing out there just kind of in awe that like 
man, we're just in the middle of, like, God's creation, and, like, this is absolutely beautiful, and this is awesome, and, like, no one's saying anything, and then I just hear this loud splash, and there's this guy that we tour with, some of you guys know, Rodney, he's a bigger guy, I just hear this loud splash, and then, dang it, I fell in! And I was like, what were you trying to do? And he was like, man, you said someone was going to walk on water. I was trying to walk on water, and I fell in. And, and I love that story so much because he tried. We can dream big. God has called us to dream big. And I know that's just like silly, but I also firmly believe I'm going to see someone walk on water. Um, so Jesus beat the physical form of death by proving that he could bring someone back to life. And then we also all know the Easter story. Jesus came back, and that's how we have victory over death. So Jesus beat the physical form of death. Here's the one I get stuck on all the time. Point two. (coughs) Jesus beat the mental form of death. And I think a lot of us stay stuck in that a lot. And let's jump into that a little more. Revelation 21.4 He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. There is no fear in death as a believer. We are not called to stay stuck in that fear. Have you guys ever just had one of those passages of scripture that you've probably seen a hundred times and then one day it just like jumps out at you and you're like, wow, I don't think I've ever seen this before in my life, but I know I've read this chapter a hundred times. So Hebrews, let's jump over there now. Sorry, I said I had a lot of scriptures today. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Since therefore the children share in the flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all of those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. That verse literally punched me in the face this week. What does it mean to be subject to lifelong slavery through fear of death. You cannot be who you are called to be in Christ if you are only focused on death. No matter if it's a positive outlook or a outlook that you're scared of. You cannot be who you are called to be if you are a slave to the fear or even the thought of death. Um, this verse took me back to when my dad passed away. That was almost 12 years ago now. And since then, there's been a lot of times in my life that I've pushed people away because of the thought, if I get close to people, they're just going to die. And then they're just going to be gone just like my dad. And it was so easy for me to approach life from that fear of being hurt or that fear of getting close to to someone and then something taking that person away and that is being a slave to the fear of death we cannot be 
who it is that we're called to be if we're constantly thinking and worried about death. And I know this is one of the biggest thoughts that like, I don't know, it just kind of like creeps in all the time. And you don't even know that you're being a slave to it, but it keeps you from doing certain things. It keeps you from getting close to certain people. It keeps you in that comfort zone that we talk about here so much, that comfort zone that we're not called to be in as Christians. Because guess what? If you have a fear of of death, you're not the kind of person that's going to step out of the boat and walk on water with Jesus. Because that doesn't make any sense. So if you have that fear of death, it's very hard to join Jesus in these supernatural things that he wants to do with all of us. Because those things make no sense. So if we can't step out of that, there's no way that we can step out of the boat and onto the water. Uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. Or start with John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And then 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So we see that there is no perfect love above Jesus' love. Jesus' love is the absolute perfect love. And we see perfect love cast out fear because fear has to do with punishment. As a believer, there is no fear in death. That is only as a believer. But as a believer, there is no fear in death. Jesus has taken away that fear and death is no more than a homecoming at that point. There's this group that I really like named My Epic. And they have one line in a song that says, death is just a hook behind the door where I'll leave my dirty clothes. And I always thought that was awesome. Because we will be stepping out of this into something so much better. But we're not called to stay stuck in that thought either. Because we cannot... I'm going to jump more into that too. We cannot do what we're called to do in this life if we're only acting out of thoughts or fear of dying. So Jesus has conquered death physically and mentally. We're going to see here in point three, Jesus conquered death spiritually as well. (laughs) Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It has nothing to do with anything that we have done. It is a free gift. Scripture also goes on to say, we can't brag about this gift, but it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with Jesus. So we point back to when Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb. Everything Jesus was doing was pointing back towards the Father. So everything that we're called to do is to point back towards the Father. We are not called to do anything for ourselves or anything for us, anything to bring us glory. Everything that we're called to do is to point back to the Father. Romans 6, 5. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. 
but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. With Jesus' resurrection, all of those who believe have now conquered the grave. We have all now conquered death, and scripture says, over us, over us, the second death has no power. Revelation verse 20, chapter 6. Okay, let's go to Revelation 2.11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. The second death is the spiritual death. If you do not know Jesus, then the spiritual death is the complete absence of God. Um, in Scripture, they use the word um, that described the trash pits outside of their town, which was where there was complete darkness and all the garbage and all the trash was just thrown out there and just complete waste. That is what these, this, the second death is described as, as just eternity apart from the absence of God, which is way worse than anything that you can think of, I promise you that. You do not want to spend eternity apart from the absence of God. I am not one to preach hell as a tactic to like scare you to Christ because I don't believe that you can be scared into salvation. But I do believe and I wholeheartedly believe that you do not want to spend eternity completely apart from the presence of God. So uh, Revelation 2 verse 11 says, The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Paul talks a lot about what it means to conquer and what it means to fight the fight and to persevere. And I think from what I've gotten through praying over the past couple weeks about this topic, a lot of us, and myself included, got open a lot of things to me over the past couple weeks is... We have a hard time conquering and we have a hard time persevering because we're not taking the the victory that he won and applying it to us. We don't fully believe with our actions and our thought life that what Jesus did was enough. We keep trying to add on to it and we keep trying to do things on our own, and then when that doesn't work, we bring God into it, or do things out of fear. Um, that passage in Hebrews just completely stuck out to me this past week of how long I had been stuck in slavery due to a fear of people dying. That that's not how we're called to be. That's we can't. We can't operate out of who we're called to be in Christ out of anything to do with that fear because we see, and I really want all these things to connect for you guys like they did through a lot of scripture at you. So stay with me here. 
we're stuck in this slavery of fear. Jesus had the perfect love. Perfect love casts out fear. So if we fully believe in what Jesus did, that fear has to go. In Jesus' name, that fear has to go. It cannot stay. You cannot walk into who you're called to be and carry that fear with you. That fear has to go in Jesus' name. And the complete other side of this whole thing, and I felt like I had to bring this up too, this isn't on the slides, is as Christians and mainly those of us who grew up in the church and spent our whole lives hearing these things, it's very easy, um, i trying to think of how I want to word this. There was one author, I can't remember who it was, that used the quote, a lot of us become too heavenly-minded to be of any earthly good. And I will go ahead and tell you now, that mindset is also being a slave to death. Because if we're constantly just sitting back, waiting for heaven, and not doing what we're called to do here, then we're not who we're called to be. And with the thought of death, we're still letting ourselves be held back by death. In Acts 1, verse 11, this is, so like, Jesus had just went back into heaven. And like, everybody who was standing there just saw him go. And all of a sudden, there's two angels there that said, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus that was taken up from you into heaven will come back the exact same way that you saw him go into heaven. And this passage stood out to me too this week as it like he had just like they just saw him go into heaven and they're just standing there staring and then there's these two angels that are like, hey, he's not there anymore. Go do what he asked you to do. Like he told you what to do. Go do that. Stop staring up at the sky. And I think a a lot of us spend more time than we know waiting to get to heaven when we're called to bring heaven to earth. That's right. If we see the way Jesus taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven, we're called to bring heaven to earth. But if we're so focused on just getting to heaven, then we've become of no earthly good at all. So... If I could get Andy to come back up, um, I would love to uh, pray with anybody. If um, any of this has like stood out to you in any way about uh, <coughs> if you think like, wow, I have been stuck in this like lifelong fear that's been holding me back, whether it's fear of your death or fear of the people close to you dying, whether it's through trauma or through some sort of accident. These things can cling very easily, and if you don't take... To be brutally honest, these things do not heal with time. You have to take steps 
to start the healing process. If you believe these things will heal with time, that is not healing, that is you growing numb to this. You need to take the steps to give these things over to God or they will always come back to you. But I can promise you that there is healing because as we've seen in all of the scriptures, <laughs> Jesus Christ was the absolute perfect love and he was the perfect sacrifice. And perfect love casts out fear. There is no room for fear when there is perfect love. So if you truly let that perfect love into your life, then there is no room for fear. And you can fully see that Jesus has conquered your physical death. He's conquered any sort of death that's plaguing your mind. And he has conquered the spiritual death. Jesus Christ has done all of that for you. Yes, for everyone in here, but mainly for you personally. Jesus Christ conquered every form of death and fear of death and thought of death. Death is no longer this horrible thing. Death is now a homecoming. Like, Jesus took the thing that was most terrifying to people and he said, that's not even going to be a bad thing anymore. I'm going to make that a good thing now. Like, we're supposed to rejoice when a believer dies. We rejoice in death is what we're called to do. It's very hard to do from our human mindset, but Jesus beat death. I know that's a very hard concept to grasp, and I just threw a lot of scriptures at you guys. But I really hope that you pray on this and that you think on this. And if there's any thought or fear or anything that is holding you back in any way, let's pray and let's handle that because perfect love casts out fear. There's no room for fear where Jesus is. Dear God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the ultimate sacrifice, and that through your love you do pass out fear, and that we have no reason to be scared of death when we put our trust in you, because you make everything better. You make everything perfect. Scripture says that you will wipe away every tear, and that you will redeem every broken thing. Anything that was lost will be found, and we just thank you that you are the ultimate victory and that you have power over death. You have power over these thoughts that we let plague our minds and the tricks of the enemy. The enemy has absolutely nothing on you. He has been defeated. Victory is completely yours. 